Hello, everybody out there. Uh, good evening. This is Amateur Radio Roundtable. I'm Tom, W5KUB. Trying to get audio levels set tonight. Things seem a little hot. Uh, I'll explain that in a few minutes. Hopefully it's sounding okay. Hey, if you're listening out there on shortwave, we want to uh, say hello to you. We'd love to hear from you. If you're out there listening on WBCQ 7490 out of Monticello, Maine, Shoot us an email to tom at w5kub.com, tom at w5kub.com. We'd love to hear from you, uh, and just tell us where and where you are and how you're hearing the station and so forth. Uh, Also, if you will, hey, hit that subscribe button. I've got a little error here. I'm going to help you out, I think. I think right there. If you'll just uh, follow that arrow there, there should be a subscribe button down there. That helps us to... Uh, advertise our uh, show uh, on YouTube, so please do that. Hit the notify button. Sometimes we come on in between the week with something special. Um, so let's see. Oh, Facebook. We uh, we have a great Facebook group. It follows the show here, and it's it's just a great ham radio group. It's it's called Amateur Radio Roundtable, but that's awful long name. You can just find it on Facebook. Just type in W5KUB. You'll find it, and we will automatically approve you and put you in there uh, for uh, uh, to be a member of that group of 13,000 hams. And let's see, in addition to that, uh, let's see, we've already talked about WBCQ. There's a nice summer picture of WBCQ up in uh, Monticello, Maine. I don't know why it gets so cold up there in the summertime. But anyway, that's the hard line going out to their new massive antenna they've got out there. Uh, we're on about every podcast carrier there is out there. We're on iTunes, iNet Radio, Google Play, Radio Public, you name them, Tumblr. We're on all of them. So if uh, you just want to listen to the show sometime, you can listen to it anytime uh, at any of these podcast carriers. So I want to uh, welcome you uh, to, to take part in any way you can here to stay in touch with the show. All right. So. <clears throat> so. I will try my best to uh, not cough on you guys tonight. I would recommend it. Everybody out there, if you got a mask right now, put it on. You might put one over your speaker. Uh, we came back. We came back from Huntsville. Uh, so we came back Monday morning, and Monday night I was feeling pretty bad, and uh, Tuesday pretty bad. And uh, Kathy and I both came down with COVID uh, since we came back from uh, Huntsville. Uh, uh, I, uh, I was, I had COVID for, for the week. And, uh, as of yesterday, what was it? Monday, I tested negative. So I think I'm over the, well, I'm not testing positive anymore for COVID. So I'm, I'm over it. Kathy's still testing positive. She's a couple of days behind me. I think maybe tonight, tomorrow, she'll, uh, test negative too. We hope so. Uh, anyway. Hey, and I want to tell you something. I want to thank Kathy very much for for doing something for us. Um, we came back from Huntsville, and as you guys know, when we do a show and we give away four or five thousand dollars in prizes, our work is not over. When we come home, we have to make sure all the logs are correct. The right winner gets the right prize. We've got to notify all the vendors out there of, of who won what prize and what's your address and. And all those things. And, uh, of course, I didn't feel like doing much this past week. And I know she didn't either. But 
as of yesterday, uh, Kathy had notified every single vendor and winner uh, of their prize um, status. And uh, prizes, I'm seeing already prizes are starting to go out uh, to you guys out there. So if you want a prize, you probably uh, you probably get it in the next few days. Uh, hey, and if you will, if you will, uh, if you will, let us know in the chat room if you want a prize. I'd like to see who's in here tonight that maybe won a prize. So if you want a prize at Huntsville, uh, tell us in the chat room who you are and what prize you won there. And let's see. Uh, I'm glad I got my shots. Yeah, hey, I got my shots too, but you know what? You know, it didn't keep me from getting it. There there we go right there, guy. Everybody needs to get that jab right there, but for some reason it don't keep you from getting it. But maybe it keeps you from dying. I don't know. But anyway, we didn't want to take any chances there. So, yeah. Okay, so let's see. Uh, Tom, did you get Plaxlovid? Yes, I got Plaxlovid. I got the Plaxlovid pills and took the pills for a week. Uh, they couldn't give Kathy the Plaxlovid because it interfered with another medicine she was taking. So uh, they did an infusion with her, and uh, they uh, gave her monoclonal, whatever that monoclonal thing is, through an IV, you know. So I don't know. She's a couple of days behind me. I, I think the Plaxlovid might have worked a little better. I have no idea. Anyway, okay, hey, great. We're gonna we got a great show for you tonight. We got Rich with us tonight, and we got our special friend Roly from down uh, down in New Zealand to talk about things. Glenn's in here with us. Uh, I, I, you know, I'll give you an update on our flight around the world. Uh, the the ants are doing r- uh, really well. They're up in northern northern California, uh, Canada right now, heading for the Arctic, and. Uh, Today was our 80th day. They made their first trip around the world in 80 days on this flight. Uh, we've done it before in nine days on previous flights, but this this time it took 80 days to get that first flight. They're up uh, heading for the for the Arctic, and uh, they're going where the you, you know you heard the term where the sun don't shine. Well, they're going where the sun is shining 24 hours a day. So we should be getting reports as it circles around up there in the Arctic. We'll be getting reports every 10 minutes all day and night uh, for us. So that's going to be kind of uh, interesting to, uh, uh, to to follow. All right. I'll try to keep my coughing under control. Hey, let us do this. Let's go and say hello to Glenn. Glenn was with us. Glenn was with us in, in Huntsville. Oh, just one last thing, guys. I won the 9700 at Huntsville on Sunday. So was it worth getting COVID? I won the 9700 And it probably was, you know. Hey, you know, I've, I've hurt worse for things. Hey, come on in here, Glenn. How you doing, Glenn? Well, I'm still depressed. I bought the 9700 and paid cash for mine. You get a free one. <coughs> Where's well, the fairness in that? Well, I don't know. But, you know... But you know, by by the t- if if I had bought yours and not bought the other one, if you decided not to sell, Gigaparts was already closed down, so I'd have been out of luck. So no, at least I bought it. Yeah, Yo, you know, hey, as soon as I won it, people were coming up to me offering to buy it from me. You know, yeah, fifteen hundred cash right here, man. But yeah. uh, hey, I didn't I didn't go for it. I kept it. And you know what? I've had it 
here at the house. I picked it up, you know, at the ham fest. It's sitting right over there, and it's still in the box. I have yeah, not even you've opened. Been sick. I have not even opened the box yet, man. I know. I know the feeling. At yeah. least I've got the FT one hundred and one out of the box. Yeah. yeah. Um, same thing. But now you look at it this way: you've got a nice brand new satellite rig. Well, I've got a TS two thousand. I was using a satellite. I that, said a that, nice brand that, new. That works too. It works good too. I got to get my rotors down. I got to get both my azimuth elevation and my. Yeah, azimuth and elevation rotors down and fix those. Uh, they're they're stuck. Yeah. All right, hey, let's uh, let's jump over to uh, let's jump over to uh, Rich real quick. Rich, how how you doing up there? And we missed you at Huntsville, man. Well, uh, sounding like I, I, it's a good thing I didn't come. <laughs> no, man, I'm you know, staying healthy. <laughs> you know, a little hand sanitizer and yeah. you know, keep your distance, and uh, you've probably been all right. Uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm obviously not pleased to have missed it because it's one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Um, and uh, I want to thank Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, for uh, standing in for me at the Young Ham of the Year presentation and uh, representing CQ in that part of that show. Um, yeah. So it was one of the highlights. Well, and, and we did uh, we we did webcast uh, the Young Ham of the Year there. Now I don't we didn't get great audio. Uh, uh, Don forgot to turn the mic on. Okay, I'm gonna blame it on Don, but he taped about three mics together and uh, he taped right over the mic switch and didn't turn the mic on. But we managed to get some pretty good audio, so it is out there on our site. And uh, uh, if anybody wants to see it, uh, it's there. And we appreciate you guys for sponsoring that too. Uh, it's, it's one of the my favorite parts of the year is uh, going through the applications and seeing what these incredible young people are doing in and with that radio. And uh, you know, I every every year my faith in the future of the hobby is is restored. Not that it ever wanes that much, but it's it's restored every year when I see. The nominations for the Young Ham of the Year award, and uh, see these the fantastic young people, and that we are getting and that what they're doing. <coughs> it's not not as as Wayne Shida K6WZ our uh, M Notebook columnist titles his uh, Maker Fair shows on amateur radio. It's not your grandfather's ham radio. These young hams have, have a different perspective. Uh, different places that they're going with ham radio but it still provides just you know, an endless stream of possibilities for uh, particularly anybody looking to be in a technical career uh, so, and, and beyond that I mean it's helped me a lot and I'm not in technical career so um all right. Well, hey, let's do this. Uh, let's do this, Rich, real quick. Let's uh, let me let me pull uh, Roly in here, our special guest tonight, and say hello to him. And then, as soon as we say hello to him, let's come back and let's talk about CQ Magazine and all the stuff coming up. Okay. Got it. All right. Hey guys, let's bring in uh, Roly ZL1 BQD from New Zealand. How you doing, Roly? You've been on our show before, man. We're glad to have you back. Glad to be back, and uh, good afternoon to you from uh, New Zealand. 
Finish the day of spring, and uh, of course, we're Wednesday now. You guys are still Tuesday night, so we're Wednesday. Right in the middle of the day, actually, a beautiful day outside. Just as that's freaking sense. Yeah, like well, you guys, you guys are you, right, you guys are pretty smart down here to figure out the show time because it's so different. I mean, hey. Yeah, and you guys are so lucky. You're you're in the future. I mean, you must be able to tell what the you know the winning lotto number is. I was and all just going to say, can I have the numbers for today? Yeah, yeah. You will, you, uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk after the, after the show. We've got enough time after the show. I'll give me my PayPal account. So, um, as long as we uh, split the profits, that's right. I'm happy with that. So I mean, it's so cool to be able to talk into the future tonight down in uh, down in New Zealand there and. Hey, we're going to have a great story with you in a few minutes after uh, the segment with Rich. And uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited about getting this story out to everybody out there. It's a neat story. And uh, we'll just spend as long as we need to on it. But let's jump back over to Rich. Hey, Rich, come on in here and let's talk about CQ Magazine and what's going on, man. What's in it for next Alrighty. month? Uh, I, I want to start out with a, a preview of something we're going to be uh, putting out tomorrow. This is, is kind of important because it uh, it supersedes what's going to be in the magazine regarding our contest policy on uh, stations from Russia and Belarus. We're making some changes in that. Um, my editorial in September says that we are not making any changes, um, but the discussions we were having before deadline continued on after deadline and uh we finally settled on some minor changes that uh will be uh taking effect with the cq worldwide ready dx contest uh in september um as as of that contest any uh it's always been that any station could participate and submit a log um Stations from Russia and Belarus, their logs had been counted only as check logs um, up until now. They will be listed in the regular scores, but kind of treated like late logs that are listed in the regular scores, um, but not eligible for certificates and plaques. Um, that's, that's going to remain in place. And uh, contacts with Stations in Russia and Belarus, like other hams, will once again count for QSO multiplier credit. Um, so those are the, the primary changes that are being made there, just to slightly tweak our the policy so that uh, people who make contact with stations in, in Russia and Belarus do get credit for those contacts, and those stations will be listed in the scores will still not be able to qualify for plaques certificates. In addition, uh, CQ is going to be working to identify some partners with which to initiate a uh, humanitarian aid program to support the people of Ukraine. The details will be worked out on that and announced as they're put together. So I just... Where did Rich go? Rich, you still there? 
Rich froze. Looks like we looks like he's froze and we've lost his audio too. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see if he comes back in. <clears throat> Hello, Rich. Come in, Rich. He's probably gonna have to drop off. Yeah, and come if back. you can hear us, Rich, if you can hear us, just please reconnect. And uh he'll be back in here in just a second. Hey, while we're while we're waiting for him. Let me let me just. We're talk, I see in the chat room we're talking about the fun we had at um, at Huntsville. You know when um, when it started to draw the main. See, one of the things that uh, we kept kidding all the time was they gave us um, they gave us honey baked ham, and that honey baked ham has this real sticky sauce that you can put on it. Oh yeah, but and that you get that good. you get that stuff on you. You can't. You, your fingers stick together. It's so bad. So uh, I was telling everybody that I put honey-baked sticky sauce on all my tickets when we put them in the barrel. <clears throat> so when you stick your hand in the barrel and pull it out, I was going to have my ticket stuck all over the, your arms. And, well, you as know. many times as you won, I wouldn't doubt that that's what you did. So, you know, we were going to do that. <clears throat> and if you watch our last video there, uh, we captured the drawing moment there uh, when they picked our name. And... So I saw him reach in the barrel and pull it out, and I said, I think it's got mustard. I think it's got mustard. And Glenn kept saying, no, I don't, no mustard on it. I said, I think it's got mustard. I think it does. No, it doesn't have any mustard on it. And they hand the ticket to the guy up the counter, and they look at it. And then every one of, them, <clears throat> every one of those guys up there turn around and look at me and Glenn. They look at Glenn and I and uh, with a big grin on their face. And uh, so... Glenn and I knew yeah. something. We, Glenn and I knew one of us had won. It, it was one of us, and I should have really, you know, how silly could I be to think it would be me? Well, anyway, <laughs> anyway, that was the fun part. We got on video. Hey, Rich, thanks for coming back in, man. How you doing? Hi there. I, we had a little power dip in my uh, cable modem. Did a reset. There you uh, go. Uh, yeah, it looks like you lost a little weight, too. Um, <laughs> You're on a different camera, but there, go right ahead. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why your picture. Exactly. Okay. So, um, uh, so uh, do you remember where we were? You, are you? A, yeah. Yeah. I, was just, I think I was had finished talking about uh, the slight uh, change in uh, our contest policy on uh, stations in Russia and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to get that out because it is, it is different from what's going to be in the magazine. So getting to the magazine, um, we start out with the uh, results of the WPX single sideband contest, which was uh, the last major contest run before the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine really started to take the toll. Actually, no, this was the first one after. Sorry. Uh, 160 contest. Um, um, we also have <laughs> Oh, it got him again. I think he did. I think he did. No, you, your audio is there. You're, now you're back. Okay. I don't know what, what happened there. Um, so, um, had a uh, bit of a composing room glitch, if there was such a thing as a composing room anymore. Uh, (laughs) 
and the 160 results in uh, the uh, August issue, and we ended up accidentally running uh, the 2021 top score boxes um, instead of 2022. And uh, so we have uh, the corrections for those in the September issue, uh, all of the top scores and uh, plaque winners and donors, and I believe the club scores are all corrected in there. Um, speaking of contesting, we have a, a great interview by uh, PT2ZDX of uh, the Brazilian Riddy contester Julio Taraco, who's uh, a longtime Riddy contester and always uh, places very high in the uh, rankings. And this year, he uh, what did he do? He got uh, he was first place. Single op, high power, 28 megahertz. So uh, it's, uh, it was a very, very interesting uh, interview with him. Then we uh, take a, a step back in time and, and to the left, uh, Pete Friedrichs, AC7ZL, writes about searching for the real Wolf Han. If you're familiar with the Wolf Han, uh, you'll know that it's, it's instrument of, of ham radio torture. Um, but uh, apparently it came from a garbled, the name came from a, a garbled CW message, and Pete was put his computer to work trying to figure out what the actual message may have been trying to say. It's a really fun article. Um, and then N1EA, who is a retired commercial ship telegrapher, writes about the Vibraplex and other keys on ships, aircraft, and coastal radio stations. You know, most of us, when we hear Vibraplex, think of, of paddles and, and bugs for amateur radio use, but uh, they very popular among commercial telegraphers, too, and many of the commercial telegraphers would have their own personal key that they would take with them from job to job. Uh, rather than relying on whatever the patient may have had available. Moving a, a little forward in time to now, uh, WA9PYH has a piece on protecting your nano VNA. Uh, these are, are great little devices, but they uh, are very reasonable. And one of the problems with being so cheap is that they're not in very sturdy cases. And it's, it's kind of easy to mess them up and break the case and stuff. So he's, he's got a case for uh, protecting them, and he's got a cheat sheet for making common measurements. So that's uh, a very, very good article. It's quite, you know, if you have one of these nano-VNAs, I recommend it strongly to read it. Among our columns, uh, Erwin Math, WA2NDM, and Math Notes has an active antenna project. You know, we all... Uh, see ads in various places from various vendors for active antennas, particularly for listening, and uh, you can build it yourself. And Erwin has some basic tips on how to do that. And for our shortwave listeners out there, our listening post column has a report on renewed activity in Brazil on 60 meters and the wandering frequency of Voz Missionaria. Seems to be... Uh, Moving around a little bit, whether uh, 
without wanting to. Our emergency communications editor, K3PFW, um, writes about national preparedness month, which is what September is, and asks, is your family ready? Making the point that you can't be an effective emergency communicator if you're worried about what's happening with your own family. So it's very important to make sure that your family has uh, a good plan in place to stay safe in emergencies. In kit building, a K0NEB writes about the QDX transceiver. This is this is really cool. It's a little tiny little uh, software to find digital transceiver um, from a G0UPO QRP Labs. And if you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to try out digital modes but won't, don't want to dedicate your regular rig to it, um, you can build this little tiny little QDX transceiver. It's a four-band rig, 80, 40, 30, and 20 meters, and it will operate digital modes. Um, so you can do other stuff uh, with sideband or CW on your main rig and let this one do the uh, digital modes. It's not a beginner's kit. There are 10 toroids to wind, so uh, if you don't like winding toroids, uh, you may want to look someplace else. But if you don't mind, um, then uh, definitely worth looking into. I must be strange. I enjoy wiring uh, what wrapping to whatever, doing toroids. I do too. You know, it's the only electronic component that you can actually make yourself. You, you, nobody today can make a resistor or a capacitor, uh, but you wind a toroid. You, the number of turns you make uh, determines its value. And it's, it's really the only component that you can make yourself rather than just installing one that somebody else so I, I like them, too. Uh, exacting, but it's a real sense of accomplishment. Um, speaking of building things, um, Wayne Yoshida, K86WZ, and Ham Notebook writes about making the right connections for RF connectors. Uh, this is actually a... Uh, repeat of a column he wrote back in 2014, but we decided that every 10 years or so, it needs to be repeated because we have a whole new crew of people in who need good advice on connecting their coax connectors. And Ham Radio Explorer, KZT, writes about logging. You know, it's, <clears throat> now that it's not required, why should you bother logging? And he explains all the reasons that it's a good idea and uh, looks at some of the major programs that help you do it on your computer. In uh, our MFLF operating column, KB5NJD writes about fun with ground waves, which is uh, very interesting. Most of the focus so far on our new low bands, and uh, Raleigh, I know you guys have had access to 630 and 2200 meters or longer than we have, but they're still pretty new here. Um, most of the focus there has been on, on SkyWave communications and skip and distance. And uh, he's writing about some work that's being done with ground wave communication, and you can actually have a pretty consistent um, coverage of, uh, I mean, you know, it's like any other ground wave. You're not going to work DX, but you can cover pretty consistent regional uh, communications with ground waves on the 630 and 22 meters. 
2200 meters. And uh, he also takes a look at the low down 630 antenna. Going to the other end of, of the spectrum or to the middle, uh, KO0Z and learning curve introduces us to uh, six meters for newcomers to the hobby. And uh, of course, six meter band is, is open to technicians for, and it's been fantastic DX on six meters this summer. Um, and to IRZ and digital connection writes about packet on 1.25 meters. And he's not talking about 222. He's talking about the 219 to 220 segment that has been designated for uh, secondary access by amateur radio for high-speed backbone links. The fact that it's very, very underused and uh, should be made greater use of. Our VHF Plus editor, N4DTF, sends us a report from the Central States VHF Conference. And uh, our awards editor, KI4KWR, focuses this month on awards from the Amateur Radio Lighthouse Society. And in the same theme of awards in our DX column, we have <coughs> titled DXing Way Down Under, Even Beyond You, Ollie. Um, this is uh, all about working stations in Antarctica and the uh, various awards that are available for working a uh, certain number of stations in Antarctica. In contesting, <clears throat> N3QE looks at the impact of the war in Ukraine on contesting in general and a close, takes a close look at CW speed contest. And finally... Propagation editor NW7US forecasts a vast improvement on the horizon. We move into the fall or early spring DXing season. That is a quick look at the highlights of the September issue of CQ. Um, digital edition will be up on the first. Print edition is in the mail, and uh, hopefully people will be seeing it within the next week or so. And uh, I'm pretty sure that our Summer Madness subscription special is still going on. So you can uh, take advantage of that by going to our website at www.cq-amateur-radio.com and uh, clicking on the uh, subscribe link. And you get to take advantage of all the special deals we have to offer. Hey, hey, Rich, I want to thank you guys. You guys always have donated subscriptions digital subscriptions uh to your magazine and we've given them out as prizes on the show and we've got some lucky winners here this past week that are now able to get cq magazine we got your email uh yesterday i think it was and uh we'll be getting those uh, turned around very quickly yeah great well hey thanks very much for sharing with us um cq next month and uh hey if there's any questions, so the cover, any, the any questions in the chat room, uh, yeah, yeah, and I've, I've, I've got my copy in here. I need to go look at it. Uh, if there's any questions or anything for you, uh, guys, just enter in the chat room there, and uh, we'll be sure to get you an answer. Uh, Rich, thanks so much again for being with us. Yeah, hey, Phil. Well, here, sorry, my uh, internet connection dropped out there for a few minutes. Well, uh, that's I had the that's phone uh, handy to back it up with. Yeah. Well, it worked okay that last uh, last half there. 
Feel free to stick stick in here with us, hang in here with us, and watch the rest of the show if you like. Uh, you, can, you can leave anytime you want or stay for the entire show. And uh, guys, uh, hey, after after we uh, get through talking with the Roly here, we will be bringing in the show after the show, or this is the after the show show. I mean, I always get that wrong. After the show show, that's going to come up after Amateur Radio Roundtable. And that's where we're going to invite anybody and everybody out there to join us on Zoom. And they can actually come into the show. And uh, we'll be still streaming it. So uh, that's, going to be, uh, that's going to be fun here. All you right. Well, very good. Ed Sullivan there, Tom. Uh, who was that? You just need to think Ed Sullivan. You know, really big show. We're going to have a really big show tonight. Okay. All right. Well, very good. Thank you so much here. Thank you. Hey, let's do something real quick, and then we're gonna we're gonna get with uh, 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 Roly here. We'll be right back in just a, a minute or two, guys. Don't go away. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need, from QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote. An LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. Keep your competitive contesting edge with ICOM. ICOM's high-powered base stations cut through the pileups, letting you work the bands and record those contacts. Contest from the comfort of your home or remotely with the RS-BA1 app. The IC7851 gives you a new window into the RF world and is HF excellence unparalleled. With faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal it is truly the pinnacle of HF perfection. It has dual receivers digital IF filters, high-resolution spectrum waterfall. The IC7610 is a direct sampling, software-defined radio that has changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. Features include RF direct sampling, 110 dB RMDR, independent dual receivers. Create your own band opening with the IC9700. This transceiver brings direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal world. This all-mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features that are sure to keep you very busy. It has fast processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. Included are real-time high-speed spectrum scope and waterfall display, smooth satellite operation with 99 satellite channels, dual-watch operation, and full-duplex operation in satellite mode. The IC7300 is the high-performance innovative HF transceiver with a compact design, and it will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages, reducing inherent noise in different IF stages. The IC7300 changed the way entry-level HF is designed. Features include RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope. For more information on ICOM radios, visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur. All right, and we are back with you. And uh, you're watching Amateur Radio Roundtable. It's a show about ham radio. We're on every Tuesday night, 
And if you're listening to us on shortwave, you can join the show on Tuesday nights, uh, 8 o'clock p.m. or 9 p.m. Eastern Time on W5KUB. You can watch us. And uh, if you're listening out there on shortwave, it must be Thursday because we're on Thursday afternoon from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time on 7490. All right. So, hey, we got a special guest with us tonight. He's been on here before, and, boy, I am just peeking red like crazy on on my microphone. Uh, you know, I, we took some of our gear to Huntsville. We had to tear down a lot of the stuff, and, and, and then when I came back, we had to put it all back together. So hopefully we won't have any problems. Back to our guest. Hey, he's been with us before. Great guy, Roly ZL1BQD down in New Zealand. You guys probably remember him as the one-man de-expedition where he goes to all these little islands and sets up his radio and uh, and operates the single-handed there. But anyway, he's got. Uh, we're going to talk a little about that tonight and his travels, and we also are going to talk a little about a program he's involved in trying to help someone out there and. And so let me bring uh, Roly and Roly, come on in here. And how you doing down here in uh, New Zealand, man? Greetings. All right. Now let's see. It's uh, I'm trying to think. My mind's not working right here. Uh, we're going into fall, so it's going to start yeah, getting well, cooler. Well, just inverted to the states. So uh, if it's nighttime there, it's daytime here. Winter there, it's summer here. So you're going into autumn. We're you're just you're just opposite. And... Hey, just very quick. Cool. I need to know this. You know. You know, above the equator, the waves in the ocean when they when they they come up on the shore, they kind of roll over. They roll over right. on top and fall. Now, under the equator, when that when that wave comes in, does that wave roll backwards or something? Yeah, it certainly does. The sand the sand actually uh, rolls up and goes back into the ocean. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. I know that's that's why we have extra landmass here down here, and you're. Uh, your land masses eroding up your way. Yeah. Uh, wow. Well, we'll get into that more later, probably. Yeah, they're quietly you... stealing our sand. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, so anyway, hey, hey, Roly, um, man, I, I don't know where to start. You know, I, I just don't know where to start with you tonight. You, you, you've done so much DX work for everybody, and, and you're involved in a program now helping one of the local people, I think, in Papua New Guinea. And I'm going to just turn it over to you, and you just kind of start where you want to, and you lead us where you want to go, and then we'll just jump in maybe with some questions, okay? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, jumping with questions. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, many of you know that I, I do quite a bit of, uh, I do a lot of traveling around the Pacific uh, for, uh, for a business point of view. I look after a lot of uh, commercial broadcasting stations throughout the That's Papua New Guinea, UA, uh, Nauru, Vanuatu, all sorts of weird and wonderful little places. I mean, these are all uh, prime EX spots for anybody that's and uh, so while I'm there, I, uh, I normally take my little, well, either the ICOM 7300 or the Alicraft KX3, and uh, whatever I can put into a backpack, to be honest. And um, we take that along, and um, 
when I've got some downtime, of which there is plenty, uh, <laughs> uh, I uh, operate a bit of an amateur radio. That's always been my desire to train up some of the indigenous people, the local guys. You know, these guys, there's a few guys here show quite a bit of talent. And, um, no, they're not highly educated. Uh, I'm not trying to fool you there. They, it does take a fair bit, but uh, one one particular chap uh, in Papua New Guinea that I've been working with, he's a um, very talented young fellow, and um, almost got him to the stage now where he's able to sit his hand at radio life. And that's, that's, that's one thing. So we all know sitting the license is one thing. You know, getting some equipment and so on, that is yet another. And uh, when these people are, are working and perhaps earning the equivalent of three, four, maybe five dollars a week, that's not a lot uh, to try. It's going to take a long time to save up for a, uh, I should say, 300 as well as keep yourself um, supporting So, listen, I want to introduce you to a young fella. This this young man, this young man, is, uh, his name is Isaac. And, uh, he's looking after one of the stations that we have up in Carpenter. Uh, here he is trying to steal my uh, headphones. He'd dearly love to have those. But um, that's the KX3, which I took up with me, and uh, that occasion I was using also a DX Commander antenna. And uh, he's pretending here to be the the operator. Uh, I'd dearly love to get this guy. So he's very close to having questions. Very, uh, really would like to see him on air. Let's trip through a few here. One more. One to me. One back. This, um, this uh, shot here is the uh, station. As it used to be uh, a number of years ago, one of the Broadcast station. It's a FM broadcast station. It's um, adequate, works well, but um, that was all that was on the property there a number of years ago. Now, working with young Isaac up there, the property is now like this. He's been largely implement, uh, uh, largely involved in getting the buildings put on the property, and now we have. Uh, Right-hand side, there we have a kitchen, uh, a communal, uh, an office, and a room there for the security. Then on the left-hand side of the photo, uh, there you see another uh, building of the same sort, and that says a guest house, and that's the house that I normally uh, <laughs> uh, take over. And when I said... Um, Talking to Tom earlier on, I'm fortunate when I go out to Papua New Guinea, I, I can get a 20-meter dipole at, uh, at well over 120 feet just by getting somebody to scamper up that, um, that tower that you see in the background there. 
I can swing a 20 meter dive off on the top of that or whatever I like to swing with that. And um, uh, that that really does uh, get, I mean, with a KH3, 10 watts maximum, <laughs> I'm working the world, no problem at all, having, having a great fun. So that, that's okay at the station, but um, Isaac, uh, unfortunately, can't really operate at the station. This this Isaac situation there, that's uh, out in his village, and uh, we're standing on the top of a little brow that's uh, where we're going to put the, where I have put the DX Commander. In fact, uh, last time I was up there, I set up the DX Commander and left it there for him, and he's got a little Sony uh, receiver that he can tune around on and listen into the handband radio, uh, handbands, get used to the jargon and the sort of crazy stuff we talk about on ham radio, get him a little bit used to that before uh, he actually gets a license and uh, puts a mic in his own hand. And uh, that's a view from the other side of the house. Oh, yeah, okay. If you've got very sharp eyes, look at right at the in the bush line, right at the very top, right dead centre, you'll see a little, little bit of grey there. That actually is a, a well over sixty foot uh, coconut tree sitting in there. <laughs> Very tall coconut tree. He's up on the side of a mountain here, so he's well elevated. And we've run um, uh, character up the side of that uh, coconut tree, and um, I've uh, put up uh, fan dipoles for him there as well, and that works extremely well for him. And uh, yeah, everything's working well. Um, I'd probably flick through it on the way through, but um, here's some of the friends that I have up in uh, Papua New Guinea. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I know that's a bit foreign to your, your American culture and something like that, but uh, I, I remember, yeah, I had a bit of a toothache on this particular occasion. I was walking through the, walking through the jungle to, to go up to one of our commercial sites. And I came across these guys, and somehow they knew that I had a toothache and uh, had a tooth problem. And this uh, young fellow here, he said, "Well, I can I can take care of that for you. I can I'm a, I am a dentist, and that you can see his dental tool that he was going to, uh, proposing to use." And uh, I politely declined, and I said, "If I really need some dental care, uh, I'll get that done in New Zealand." Uh, thank you for the offer. But uh, there it is. So back to young Isaac, uh, here he is, and I'd like to really <coughs> try and get something going for him. And to, to that extent, what I've done uh, is uh, opened up a um, Go Get Funding page. And uh, uh, I think if you look up um, um, Ham Radio in New Guinea, I think it is, or, on Go Get Funding or... or um, Tom, you might be able to um, put a link to that um, yeah. in the chat. Uh, that's an opportunity for you, if you'd like to, uh, to contribute towards this. And let's, let's try and get this young fella on air. I'm proposing to take up an ICOM 7300. I've been, I've been absolutely thrilled, to be honest, that... Um, the guys at, uh, in England, uh, Callum from DX Commander, uh, he said, well, 
you've obviously left one there for him. And um, that was uh, nearly two years ago. Uh, uh, young Isaac tells me by uh, WhatsApp occasionally that, yeah, still working fine. <laughs> so I'm thrilled about that. But uh, um, we w- next time we go to Papua New Guinea, I want to take a, uh, another one uh, up there and probably replace it or even set it up in a um, in a phased vertical situation so we can get some bit of phasing going on for him. Preferably put the backside of the uh, of the the end of the pattern towards uh, Indonesia because Indonesia just comes in there roaring into Papua and just swamps everything out and perhaps you know um, I don't know phase it towards the states would be a would be reasonable I'd say and uh, that that would work very well so. I'm absolutely delighted that um, the ex-commander, of, uh, from a corporate point of view, have uh, decided to throw their hat in the bag, uh, in the ring, so to speak. And also, um, I just received, uh, just last night, I'm absolutely thrilled about this, that uh, Messi and Palomi have uh, somehow heard about this and said, hey, we would love to send you some um, coaxial cable, which is um, tropicalised. And that's one of the bigger problems. <laughs> I mean, uh, Isaac were telling me yesterday that uh, the um, RG213, which I had run, he said it's starting to crack and uh, insects are starting to get into the cable. What should I do about it? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's powerful, of course, unfortunately, uh, with uh, what, that being in the tropics in the, in the middle of um, this sort of environment. And so... Um, Mission Polonia, uh, Stefano there for, has uh, been in touch with me. Great guys, and uh, they've said, listen, we would love to send you some cable. It's called uh, Ultraflex 7, I think it is, or Ultraflex 7 Berry. It, it's um, designed to be buried in the ground. It can be done that way. But um, the most important thing is that the cable is actually uh, designed for this sort of condition, tropical conditions. So I'm thrilled with that. And uh, several others, uh, other people have um, gone onto the GoFunding site and, uh, and have contributed there as well. Uh, well, that's Papua New Guinea. I mean, and, and my dream and my aspiration is to, okay, fine, that, that's, a, that's a good starting place. Um, I'd like to go... Uh, you know, rinse and repeat with uh, at, at uh, Nauru uh, again on Tokelau's. Um, wow. Well, I've got. To, I've been to on thirty-five D expeditions to twenty-eight different countries in the in the uh, Pacific, um, Melanesia, Micronesia, and also up in the Indian Ocean. But um, Solomon Islands would be a, another great one. Solomon Islands is, all, is almost a, a, a reprint of what we're of uh, New Guinea. Same sort of tropical conditions, same sort of same sort of everything. And there's a young fellow on uh, uh, an Isaac equivalent on um, uh, Solomon's. At uh, he's at on mm, Munda Island, I believe. I think it's Munda. 
And uh, I mean, he shows all the promises uh, too, and, and he would be quite capable of getting an amateur radio license. But once again, getting equipment would be, it's just, it's just not even, um, doesn't come even on the radar at all of, of trying to get some sort of equipment. And, maybe, and, and, and to be honest, that's been the biggest um, showstopper, really, is that a lot of these guys would love to have a radio license, and they're well capable of it. Uh, but, uh, of course, uh, getting the funds to buy equipment is way, way beyond. So, um, hence, uh, uh, trying to help them out as much as possible. And uh, this, this little project... Um, I'm sure it'll go well. In fact, I'm very confident it'll go well. And um, hopefully we can, as I say, rinse and repeat in other areas around the, around the Pacific. So, so um, uh, Roy... Uh, uh, there we go, Tom. I hope the questions for sure. Yeah, I just... Uh, I'm just... Uh, I, I, I know in these countries, these people make practically zero money. I think you mentioned 3 to $5 per week. Maybe is that is that correct? Yeah. So supposing they've got some sort of means of income anyway. So I mean, you know, that's a, that's a so, that's the so minimum one hundred and fifty. Village village living is a, a subsistence <clears throat> living. You you rip out and then uh, you go and yeah. find whatever you can out in the villages. So that, that's a uh, you know, hey, three dollars a week. That's uh that's one hundred and fifty dollars a year. That's not much money. So we can see that there is no way that he could even buy a used radio. So we're going to have to help him. <clears throat> we're going to have to kind of pay it forward. And uh, uh, I know I'm going to put a donation into the GoFundMe for this guy. And I've already talked to some of my friends here that are also are going to go into the GoFundMe. I uh, uh, I listed the GoFundMe link. Let me list it again here in the, in the chat room. And this is the story. <clears throat> this is the story in the GoFundMe page. And... Uh, uh, you're trying to raise the money to get him. Basically, it's on the air with a with a, a you know entry level end uh, seventy three hundred and maybe some solar power to to power it. So uh, you know that's all this guy needs. I think it, he would be so happy if we can get him uh, uh, an HF rig and just think of all the people that would like to work that country and he'll be there. Um, they, uh, <coughs> yes, uh, I would like to get a solar system of some sort. They they do have diesel generators in the village, but <coughs> diesel is so fiercely expensive. It really is. Mm-hmm. The only reason they have a, a diesel out in the village, they use a, a generator very spasmodically whenever it's necessary, maybe for a little bit of lighting at night, and that, that's it, simply because the diesel is, is too expensive. To yeah. expect Isaac to sit there and uh, um, operate ham radio using communal um, diesel, that would not be appropriate, and, that, and it would be fiercely expensive. So some sort of solar system uh, will we'll <coughs> knock something together that will, be, that will handle or, or be able to supply the likes of a 730 would be, I think, would be great. I'm trying to get your picture back on here. Let's see. Not sure how to do it. Go to go get funding and look up Ham Radio for Papua New Guinea. That that would that would get you. Okay. Yeah. And uh, 
So um, tell us a little about you know, his what his name again is Isaac. 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 I S double A C. Isaac. Now is is Isaac? Uh, you know that's a typical. Um, <clears throat> I I I I'm going to say English name. I'm probably wrong, but is that something that maybe they have picked up? Uh, you know, in in. Or him being him being from that country in in a long line of people that have lived here, you know, from the beginning. Right. Uh, at some point, yeah, well, I guess they get Isaac. Yeah, Isaac is a very much a biblical name, and of course, a lot of these people will take on some sort of. A, it's a Papua New Guinea has been <clears throat> very heavily yeah. Christianized, so to speak. Uh, so, okay, uh, uh, some sort of biblical name would, would be okay. Fine. Hey, tell us, tell son, us a little. His son's name is Joseph, and uh, <laughs> on the so go, on the GoFundMe page, it's interesting reading, but I don't want to read it myself here. Tell us a little about Isaac and how he walked so many miles to the radio station, <laughs> and tell us a little about the uh, interesting comments you got there that are in the uh, GoFundMe from, from Isaac's village. Where is it? From Isaac's village here, uh, back down to that station which I showed you previously, is um, I got to think. Um, think in pound shilling. I think you now. said twenty-five about, miles uh, or something like that. Yeah, tw- twenty-five miles. Yep, I, I'm bilingual, so I can work on uh, metric or uh, yeah. uh, imperial. So this is right. Twenty-five miles is uh, is approximately the the distance, and he. He had heard uh, this. The station that we're, we're talking about is a is a, um, uh, a mission type station. That's uh, um, it's basically broadcasting um, uh, Christian type music as well as a, a community service and, and on on a community type license. Um, although they are allowed to advertise, so it's sort of a a weird sort of a hat and, uh, mixture of a commercial license and uh, a community license. However, uh, he had heard uh, out in his village here that um, the station needed some assistance. Well, in those days, Isaac was very much one of these fellows. And um, so he that's how he arrived at the station, with, with a machete in his hand, saying, here I am. What can they do? <laughs> well, they were actually looking for uh, somebody to go on air as an announcer. And uh, they said, oh, well, well, I'll tell you what we can do. You can look after the property. And so down on the right-hand side of this this picture here, you see those thatched uh, little houses in the down on the right-hand side of the property there? He, he stayed in, those, uh, in one of those little uh, burrows there. And for many years, he just looked after the property. So that's why the the grass is nice and nice and neatly clipped. The hedges are uh, nicely trimmed, and the, the property is looking great. And that's what he did uh, for a number of years until one day their phones were ringing, and um, uh, nobody's answering the phone. And typically, uh, young Mary, who was uh, working there as a receptionist, had decided to go bush. Let's go back home. 
back to her village. Uh, there's no pre-announcement about this. It's just all of a sudden Mary's no longer there. Well, the phones were still ringing. Isaac had heard uh, what she had, what she did on the phone, so he, he went inside and answered the phone. And uh, every time the phone rang from there on in, he answered it, took care of it. This uh, went on for some time, and then one of the announcers also decided, had enough, go bush. Quite a common occurrence. Now, uh, hey, hey Rolly, tell us, Rolly, tell us, you know, I mean, I, I, I've seen some of the movies, but tell us what going bush means. I mean, can, can, does a person just get up and leave and not tell anyone? Yeah, it, exactly that time, right? They just, for some reason, decide they want to go back to the village or whatever. Uh, there's no... Uh, they just go. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> so, so the announcer leaves. He tells nobody, and the announcer leaves. What happens? Yeah, the announcer leaves. So Isaac wakes up and, uh, from his little hut down in the uh, bottom, uh, mid-right there and walks into the studio. Nobody's there, so uh, he decides that, well... I know what you do. You put the headphones on, and you press this button on on the uh, uh, on the desk, and you push the slider up, and you start talking. Oh yeah, I can hear myself in my headphones. That's great, brilliant. So Isaac did that from six o'clock till uh, from six o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock at at night, every day faithfully uh, doing this. It's, it's very fine indeed, until I arrived uh, on one of my trips and um, found out that actually nothing was going to air at all. He had been speaking to himself and playing music to himself through the desk for three months. <laughs> so for because, 90 days, uh, 90 days, he's been he's been a DJ for 90 days, man, just getting yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you have a look in the in the top right-hand corner of the photo that's on the screen there at the moment, you see a mountaintop. Right at the very peak of that mountaintop is where the main transmitter is. And so between the, the studio to the peak of the mountain there is what we have, a studio transmission link or an STL. Now, the main transmitter at the top of the mountain was going, but the STL between the two had stopped. And so... Uh, uh, here it was, Isaac, for three months, he was just talking to himself. I, I call it good on-the-job training. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and so when I got there, I said, all right, okay. And we switched the STL on, and uh, all of a sudden, yeah, now we can hear you all around the seepage area and uh, around WeWAC, and uh, everything was going well. Well, since since that day, then, uh, as I say, that's what the place is now is like now Isaac when he's out, when he's comes down from the village he's in this uh, nearest little bureau that you can see to your right the next one along is an office and then the next a third one along is a communal uh, kitchen dining room and uh, on the opposite side by itself on the left hand side as you're looking at that you'll see another one of those are bureaus that's one that's a guest house, and that's where I normally uh, hang out when I go to Papua New Guinea. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I mean, interesting story, but that's exactly the way, um, in, in our 
sort of Western culture, we go, oh, this is impossible. You can't have somebody on the radio who's not trained in this, that, and everything else and has this certificate and that certificate. But no, the job he's doing, you just do it. So, now, hey, hey Roly, uh, <clears throat> so he, he's going to probably be the first indigenous person in that country to get a license. Uh, does does Papua New Guinea have a ham radio license, or do they have to create it uh, for this purpose? Uh-huh. No, Papua, Papua New Guinea does have a, uh, a, a an authority uh, back in Fort Moresby. Uh, their their um, regulations are very very similar to uh, those of Australia and New Zealand. Uh, although uh, any amateur radio operator visiting Papua New Guinea. Um, and get a radio license, so don't expect to be able to just get it immediately. Amateur radio is something which is very, very foreign to them. Uh, so you go into the head office in Fort Moresby and say that you want an amateur radio license, don't be surprised that you just get a blank stare. And uh, so now you're going to have to explain what it is. No, and... Um, Fortunately, I have been involved a lot with from a government point of view and an authority point of view, so I know exactly what their regulations are and how to use them and where to find them and so on. So for myself personally, I was able to go through all of that, show them how to do it, how to create a, a license on their computer systems, how to lo- uh, you know, log it all in. Well, they may remember how it's done. Yeah. So, what are what are some of the requirements to, to get a ham license there? And what's it what's it cost? And is it renewable? Yes, it is renewable. The cost is negotiable. I, I told them that I was going to pay them fifty kina. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which uh, I mean, he he may not he 10, may not have enough money. He he may not have ten dollars US. At uh, fifteen dollars um, a year, ten dollars. No, for well, I'm I'm not there any longer than uh, uh, two or three weeks at a time. But um, that ten dollars will take me through for a year. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty high based on what he makes. So we'll have to continue to support this guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, yeah. That's the least of the problem, but uh, uh, yeah, getting a license is, is quite difficult because they simply don't know what you're what you're after. Now, I guess want. there's no code requirements, right? No code requirement, and um, uh, it, any visiting American or whatever, can, or uh-huh. any, any of us that do have already have a license, you you can go up there and you'll get a reciprocal license, no trouble at all. Right. So it'll be um, P P two nine portable W six data today, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I because I visit the country so often and some of that they regard me as a local. So that's why I have a local call sign which is P two nine R R. And I can go out there and operate that anything you like. Incidentally, if you're here. Anything out of the Pacific that uh, ends uh, the suffix being RR, uh, 
good chances it's probably me operating somewhere out of the Pacific. Mm, okay. Yeah, so, FK, FK0RR uh, from Nimea, ZK3RR, total hours. VK9R by NR, that's from Norfolk Island. E51RR, that's Cook Islands, 5 Whiskey 0RR, uh, Samoa. Uh, H44RR, Solomon Islands, PT9RR, uh, Papua New Guinea. Um, 4 Whiskey 6RR, that's uh, <coughs> Timor East. That, um, between uh, Indonesia and Australia. A30, A35RR, that's in Tonga. Uh, H40RR, the, the DX is around the place where we'll uh, start uh, uh, sevelating, is it, or whatever it is by now, because that's, uh, that's um, the Moto province, which is very rare. And then... Um, E6, uh, E6RR, that's in uh, Nui. So, yeah, anything that's ending in RR is out of the Pacific province. So I I put the link in the chat room uh, for people to go to. This is the the GoFundMe page. It kind of describes what we've been talking about, and also it allows you to uh, contribute. I'm going to make a contribution here. I think we need to... uh, we need it to help this guy. Like that. I'm sorry. It should look like that when you get onto the uh, onto the site. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna contribute here and help this guy get this license because yeah, it's gonna be, be fun to have somebody down there to talk to. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's the that was the that was really the point of the exercises. Uh huh. It's it's fine. I mean, the D expeditions come into the, some of these places, and uh, some of the big D, big D expeditions come in, and uh, they'll they'll kick up a lot of dust and a lot of uh, a lot of noise and so on. It, it takes care of the, the majority of the requirement, I guess, yeah. that the DXs want. But uh, it sort of leaves me a little bit cold. That uh, I'd, I would dearly love to see a few of the <coughs> local people being involved in. Uh, and now you're outside of the. Uh, I know that uh, if he ever, uh, when he comes up on air, he's going to get deluged anyway. But um, those are the sort of things we can teach him how to deal with that. And I mean, uh, he. I don't think he will ever turn into be a contester or a de expeditioner, and then that's not the point. But if you could actually get on and have a bit of rage with somebody, that would be delightful for both sides. So uh, to, to get him on the air, we mentioned the seventy three hundred. I think you also mentioned some solar power. Uh, yeah. I, I suppose that you just you're not going to count on electricity there. I mean, commercial electricity in any any way, right? You you already mentioned it. In the village, they might run it just a little bit in the evening time. So so we're going no, to have to. this there is some commercial power that goes. Barely, or oh, reasonably close, but I mean, we're talking about <coughs> yeah. um, a couple hundred yards away. Yeah, uh, and, and that, that's to go up and feed the uh, the main um, uh, transmitter. He's up the side of that mountain, which you saw in the background there. Uh-huh. He's up the side of that mountain there, and that, that, so there is power that goes up there to feed the ma- main transmitters up the top there. 
but that power is so uh, on and off, it's so irregular. And uh, there's no way in which they could tap into that because there's no way they can measure it, so therefore there's no way they can get some money out of it. And yeah, it. It's, yeah. It's a shambles. So, hey, so um, tell us about... The, the, uh, Tell, tell us about your work there with the FM transmitter. I, I, I assume it's a, probably a low power, 1,000 watt, something like that. Uh, Maybe the less. The ones at the top of that mountain are 5 kilowatt uh, mm-hmm. units. Mm-hmm. Um, 5 kilowatt is, uh, is uh, fairly normal uh, around the place, although uh, there is a lot of 1,000 watt uh, units throughout the islands as well. So that, that particular one in WeWAC is a um, uh, 5 kilowatt unit. One in um, Mount Hagen, that's a kilowatt. <clears throat> another one in Madang, that's a kilowatt. Another one in Lay, that's a kilowatt. So, is this their uh, is this their basic uh, only uh, information to the outside world, like for hurricanes, storms? Uh, is there is there a TV station nearby? No, no TV. Uh, at all so they're going to get all their news basically they'll get all their news on on one of these low power uh fm stations yes that's true absolutely Mm -hmm. i imagine they depend on that pretty pretty regularly and probably everybody's got a radio well dependent well dependent on it there Mm -hmm. is a national broadcaster that's uh, transmitting off the same tower at the top there Uh, but um they're in the same boat as who we are with the uh, <clears throat> with the community station, and I when I'm up there, I, I'll often have a look at both transmitters anyway. <laughs> and uh, if the national broadcaster one needs it, some attention, well, I'll, I'll give the attention and just let them know that what I've done. You know, I'm not yeah. expecting any payment or anything like that. They just I'm there. I might as well do it. Uh, this is this is Isaac's uh, home uh, at, um, in the village now. They've, uh, they've, he was fortunate enough to be able to. In fact, I think it was an American, um, uh, some sort of group that came in from the states that actually uh, got a, a tin roof for him, and, uh, and uh, so. That's the only house in the in the little village that has a tin roof. Otherwise, all the rest of them are. Uh, we, all the rest of them have a thatched roof like this, but the tin roof uh, allows for uh, two things: it allows uh, for water collection, so we can get some uh, decent clean water, and also um, uh, ideal to uh, put a solar array on top of that for him as well. Okay. Well. Okay. Again, I put the link out there. Uh, I want to encourage people. Hey, if you can donate five or ten bucks or a little more, please do it. Let's help. Uh, let's help well, Isaac. Really, really let's help really Isaac. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great thing. And um, as I say, this is hopefully the first of uh, several throughout the Pacific. It's sort of a, a, a rinse and repeat, and uh, it's, it's not for the lack of um, of. Uh, Knowledge or the lack of uh, lack of want to do it, it really at the end of the day just gets down to a, a financial issue. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, in just a few moments, we're going to open up the uh, Zoom lines and let people join us here on the show. Maybe get some more questions that uh, yeah, they come I'll in. If you want to stick around a while uh, with us and take part, uh, 
it's a real interesting story that you're bringing to us tonight. And uh, thanks for all the work you do down there and taking care of uh, all those radio stations. That's the only thing that people have to the outside world. They need it. Certainly is. Yeah. All right. Well, very good. Uh, let's do this then. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, I'll continue to monitor the chat room here, see if there's anything coming up. Uh, I'll put the link in here again to your to the GoFundMe page, and uh, we'll uh, just go from there. I'll uh, I'll make a uh, donation here probably after the show tonight. All right, so let's see. Let me just mention to everybody, you know, our flight. We've been flying Pico balloons around the world, and this last one we were flying so high, which is not was not normal. It's not normal. We actually, I think, broke the record for the, broke that glass ceiling. Typically, about the highest a person could fly a Pico balloon was about 45,000. And uh, we actually figured out a way that uh, we were flying 52, 51 to 52,000 the last 60 days. We've dropped a little bit. I think we've lost a little bit of hydrogen. We're down about 46,000 now, but it's holding steady. Let me show you where we are and what's going on here with it. Man, you're not going to believe what's happening here. Here we are. You can see the United States there, and you can see Canada. And um, you can see the position of uh, W5KB112. It's just east of uh, Alaska. But there's a prediction. Look at that prediction model. We're going to head uh, east and then turn north. We're going up above... um, we're going up above uh, a Greenland here. And if you look at, you can see the grayscale. Let me put my mouse over there. You can kind of see see the grayscale for nighttime. That's the nighttime shadow right there. We're going to actually be in the daylight 24 hours a day until we come out of there. Don't know how long we'll be up there. Uh, we could be up there five months. There, I've got a friend that's been up there five months now. And uh, he's still uh, still clicking, man. So that's uh, that's interesting that uh, we're going to take a uh, uh, a route up to uh, the Arctic. If you look at uh, APRS, uh, this shows where we are. Um, get Your onboard answer confused, uh, Tom. They shouldn't be going to the Arctic. They should be going to the Antarctic. That's that's they should be, but they're not. So they they've been surprising us this entire flight. Ouch! Uh, they were they were you know I mean we could pretty much predict them on all previous flights, but this one has been something different. If we look now, we are actually down. We we we've dropped just enough. We've actually got some speed, so we're moving at about forty two miles an hour. Uh, we were above the jet stream. For 60 days, and we only averaged about 10 to 11 miles per hour per, you know, 10 to 11 miles per hour. Now we're at uh, about 40, what's that? That's 48 miles per hour, and uh, things are looking pretty good for us. Um, we're going to be up there for a while. Might be up there for a long time. Don't know. So um, that's kind of cool. If you look at... Um, if you look at the route that it was going, let's see if I can bring it up. Let's see. If you want to track it, just go to w5kub.com. 
and click on uh, balloon in the top menu. Uh, let's look at Hab Hub here. Let's see, I don't. Yeah, Hab Hub. That's going to give us. I can go back to all, all uh, days. And all right. So here we are. You can see what happened when we left Memphis. When we um, we left Memphis, heading east. Normally we go around the world, east west, but um, when they got to the Philippines, they or but Japan, they they made a turn and came all the way back to um, to California. So that delayed us. I think we have a hold record now for probably the longest flight it takes to get around the world one lap. We've also, I think, hold the record for the longest flight flying backwards, west to east, uh, right now. Now, if we could get one down in the lower uh, hemisphere down here, maybe we could fly backwards. I don't know. Maybe we could launch one down in, down in uh, New Zealand. But once we got back, since we made our turn there at uh, at, at uh, California, and then headed back east, you can see as we came around the world, once we got back to the uh, longitude of of uh, California, we we completed completed our circle there. So that's uh, that's where we uh, that's where we are today with that. We hope it just continues to to fly. Let's see if there's anything going on here. Um, around the world in 80 days, you know, the the I think the uh, uh, ants purposely slowed down to make the lap in 80 days. Uh, they want a book deal, I think. Um, they've already been celebrating. Yeah, but you know, like Rich says, that title's just never going to sell. Around the world in 80 days, it's not going to work. Here's a little um, 100 milliwatt PA that I built up that um, we will use probably on the next flight. You notice a little little cylinder thing there uh, on the end right there? That's a drinking straw. And a uh, drinking straw makes a great uh, coil form. So um, to filter out the third harmonic here, third harmonic is pretty strong. Uh, on his tracker, uh, we've got a uh, a uh, a T uh, uh, t- two inductors here with a capacitor uh, to ground in a T formation, and we get really good isolation on the uh, second and third harmonic. The reason that looks a little funny there is we've uh, we we've we brought the temperature down to freezing it. Uh, pretty low. Uh, we're down probably close to minus 40 uh, degrees Celsius there. Just to make sure that uh, when we're up in the air, the temperature is not going to, you know, cause us a problem. So we'll probably add that on. That That's going to be, that, that little PA right there, that little circuit board is about one quarter inch square. And uh, it weighs, it weighs in probably double what the tracker weighs. So uh, this next flight, when we get ready to launch it, we'll probably we'll probably call it uh, W5KUB-113 Heavy. 
and it'll have the designator heavy behind it because uh, we're going to run extra solar cells to try to get the power that we need for our PA, and also we'll be running the PA there. So uh, the weight's probably going to be about double what we normally try to fly. So that's kind of where we are there. Glenn, come here and talk to us, Glenn. What's going on, man? Anything good going on down that way? No, not really. I'm just busting my tail, you know, on the books. Yeah. And uh, just building projects right and left right now. And, uh, you know, that's taking up most of my time. Well, tell you what, if you retire, you'll you'll have a lot more hours to work on your books. Yeah, but you said I'll be busier, so I'd never get anything finished. Well, you you, you will be busy, that's for sure. <laughs> sure. Let me put, I'm going to post a link uh, to our Zoom link in here, and we're going to invite everybody to join us. Here's our, yeah. here's our Zoom link. If you'd like to join us, click on that yeah, link no, and come on in here. One thing we haven't talked about tonight is that we did get my forum recorded at Huntsville, and... Uh-huh. Uh, had to do it in two pieces because my phone ran out of memory. And uh, fortunately, Earl had his phone and sent me the files, and I stitched it all back to all together. So we actually did record my forum, and it will be available here at some point when Tom decides he, you know, it's worth showing. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it was a lot of fun. That forum came off exactly like I hoped it would. All right, let's see. All right. Hey, guys, come on. Click on that link. Somebody join us here. This is your time to join us on Zoom, be on our show, and uh, talk about ham radio. And, you know, Glenn, I'm I'm in pretty good shape. I, I'm, I'm 99% over, over my... My illness, I think. I think. All right, let's see. Like Earl? My mouse is not moving good. Wait a minute. My mouse doesn't want to move. Now it's moving. Well, you know, you got lucky. You know, you you tested negative within a week. It took me three to four weeks to, to test negative afterwards, <clears throat> but I didn't have any of the drugs. Yeah, yeah, well, a week was long enough. Amen. Hey, I need to get out and cut my grass. I got an acre out there to cut my grass. And, uh, Glenn, hey, man, if you want to come ride my my riding lawnmower, my tractor. You come over and mow my lawn, too, because mine's the same way. You can come on up here, and and I'll, uh, what is this? Let's see. I need to prove somebody. Well... My, my monitor is so far away. It I'm looks having, like you've got Earl and Bill waiting can, in the in the waiting room. Waiting? Yep. Let them in. Let them in. Where are they? Oh, right here. Yeah, I can no, see. No, they're it. above. Move up. Up. Oh, I've got one of them. Right there. Right here. There's Earl. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm watching thirty seconds late. Never mind. Oh yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. I I can see it better on the show than I can on the monitor here. Uh, yeah, I man, I can't hardly read it. Yeah, there's Earl. Yeah, hey, uh, Earl was a big help, man, at, at uh, Huntsville. 
Yeah. He really helped us out, man. All right. Do we got somebody else? Yeah, he pro- he provided the laugh track for my forum, actually. <laughs> no, that was the cat track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was just one of the most fun forums I have done in a long time, though. <clears throat> Good. Well, the audience seemed to enjoy it. Yeah. You had an awful lot to say. Well, hey, uh, you know, news. Glenn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New news. You know, Glenn, I, we did a couple walk-arounds, and, and I, I tried to play the video, and it said it couldn't play that format or something. It just didn't want to play. And I started looking around, and, and Earl and I started looking around, and we found, man, my hard drive on, on my PC was like 99.9% full, man. I said, okay, oh, man. That, that's probably why it's not letting it play, you know. Yeah. So we found a bunch of large files uh, and, and deleted them. And we were able to play the play the video, but you know what I found? I came home and I took the took the back off the uh, laptop there. The the uh, drive that we were looking at is one of those solid state. It's called an M M dot two. Are you familiar with that? No, but I I know the solid. This state. is a gaming type laptop. It's an M dot two, and it's like a just a little plug in uh, uh, hard drive. It's a uh, solid state. But anyway. 230-something gigabyte. It was about full. I started researching on the Internet, and I found that a lot of people are having problems seeing their other drive. And I said, what other drive? So I started looking, and I have a second. I had a D drive in there, a one-terabyte D drive. It didn't have anything on it. A one-terabyte D drive. But I, I, I traced the little ribbon cable from it. And it had it was not plugged in on the motherboard. Ah, when I plugged that in, hey man, I had a D drive, one terabyte. Now I'm gonna blame that on Dale because I had them here about three years ago, and they replaced my motherboard. Ah, and yep, they replaced it. Go. They replaced my motherboard. And I want to tell you something. I don't know how that kid put that thing back together. I ain't <laughs> never saw so many screws coming out of a laptop and wires and cables and. I, I, I've never seen so much come out, and 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 uh, I know he probably didn't get the that little plug was hard to put on, and yeah, I know he it didn't get snapped it. in good, you know. So you know, hey, I, I I've got a the, my battery didn't stay up very long on it, and I ordered I got had another battery put in it, and I looked at the, I I pulled up a YouTube to change the battery on that laptop. You got to tear that sucker completely. You got to take yes. like four hundred screws out. All those little cables that slip under those little slip things, and cheaper and, to go get a new one. I mean, you got to take it. You got to take everything out, man. What happened to the days where the laptop battery was just right there on the edge, and you pop it out and you just yeah. pop another one yeah. in, man? Yeah, just popped it right out. Well, I tell you, this must be the month for new PCs because uh, I went and bought me a new PC the other day, and it's pretty much equal to what I've got, but the thing is like. Three and a half inches by four and a half inches square wow. and an inch and a half high. And it's a quad core Celeron processor with 16 gig of RAM. And it came with a 500, uh, 500 meg solid state drive. And it had a slot where you could slide in a standard laptop hard drive. So I added a, a two terabyte hard drive to that. And it's actually equal to this old Windows 7 system that I'm using here, but it's got Windows 11 Pro on it. 
and it cost a whopping two hundred and thirty bucks. Good grief! Mm. Yeah, I got cheap. it from Amazon. Cheap. Well, cheap. I'm not putting a battery in it. I'm impressed. Oh. I am quite impressed with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to put the battery in it. I'm just going to. I'm just going to keep keep the power cord plugged in. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, Tom, these these new thin computers like like this, the battery. You take six screws out of the bottom, and the battery does just unplug and swap in. Yeah, it's not external, but at least it's easy. You don't have to tear apart the computer to do it. Well, I got a lot of older ones right here. You don't even have to yeah. take the back off. The battery just you no, flip a couple. A, you flip a couple things, little, and the battery just twists right out. Yeah, you know? it's got little snaps. Man. But this is roughly the size. Now, this is my MFJ tuner extender, but that's roughly the size of this new PC that I got. Yeah. yeah, it's wow. got all that inside it. I was just absolutely amazed. I'm like, no, there's got to be some smoke and mirrors <clears> here, <throat> but you know, it it truly is amazing. Oh man, I I, I want to say hi to Roly over there. Uh, this is Bill WZ1L. I live in Boston, Massachusetts, and um, I was in the Navy out on Guam, and I made quite a few contacts with Papua New Guinea. Uh, right. Let me see. I think it was Papa 29 Juliet, Mexico. He used to be one of the uh, uh, net control stations there for the internet, uh, yeah, Pacific Inner Island Net. There you go. And uh, I used to be on it quite a bit. Um, <laughs> when I was underway, I used to check in when I could. Yeah, unfortunately, that uh, that uh, service is no longer running. In fact, uh, I don't think uh, I can't think of any uh, anybody uh, expat that's on uh, Papua New Guinea at the moment. There might be one chap, a, a Spanish guy up in Port Moresby, but uh, uh, that's all I can think of. Certainly, no, uh, none of the indigenous people have a license. That's for sure. And, uh, of course, uh, Papua New Guinea out to Guam, you can just put your hand out and shake hands anyway, just about. <laughs> well, it only took one day for a letter to come from Port Moresby to Guam. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, how long were you up on, uh, how long were you on Guam for? Uh, from uh, 1985 to 1989. Nice. Yeah, I, I got uh, I got a chance to get reciprocal down in Australia. There, we pulled into uh, Fremantle on uh, uh, the day before, uh, two days before Christmas. The day before Christmas, I went down and got reciprocal DK six AWP. I had to pay thirty five dollars. I guess it was two years uh, race on on, on that. Somebody says, "Well, you can get it back again. You just got to pay for it." <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Hey, uh, here, here we go. I want you guys to look at Glenn's page. I got, I got this. Let me see if I can pull this up here. This was our fun Sunday. Here we go. Here we go. Let me see if I can get a little, little uh, video here. Little uh, video. Here. Little uh, video. That's not good. 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 Hang on. I think I got it. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. We're trapped in time. We're trapped. We're trapped, man. We're trapped. We're trapped, man. We're trapped. We're trapped, man. We're trapped.
I'm trying to figure out where it's coming from. I've only got like five PCs networked like here, and each one's got 20. Each one's got 20. Each one's got 20. It's not there. Not there. Not there. Not there. Not there. Well, it's going to be the last one you well, try. It's going to be the last one you well, try. It's going to be the last one you well, try. It's going to be the last one you try. Okay, guess. Let me, okay, guess. Let me, let me. Here, I'll fix it. I'll just turn the audio down. But where in the world did it be coming from? Let me look. You know, we had one of these. We had one of these before. Remember, <laughs> we had we had one of these things happen before. Yeah, it's the one over there. So what on, uh, you know, let's see. This is the problem. Three moan as well as the Zoom. Yeah. Well, let me think. I turned this. Was it the last time? Was it the one the last he had over there? That's not good. Interesting. It just started, so it's whatever you've done recently. Yeah. Stop now. Uh, yeah, I got to, I got the mixer turned down. Uh, okay, it's not that one. And it's not that one. I'm going to find it. <laughs> uh, see if it's still there. Is it still there? Is it no, still it's there? not still there. No, it's not still there. No, it's not still there. Yes, it is. Actually, yes, it is. Now it's going. Actually, there's about five of me in the room with him hiding under the table <clears> doing <throat> this. <clears throat> right. you, want me to get, you want me to get Isaac to sort that for you? Yeah, we're going to yeah. need Isaac. Yeah, we're going to need somebody for sure. Let's see. I'm going to close that. All right, I'm going to close that. Let's see if it's getting there now. Is it there? Is it there? Oh, Is man. it there? It can't be. Coming from that PC. No, it's not, not now. No, 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 no. I got, it. I got the mixer turned down. All right. Uh, so let me just kill that one. Yeah, let's kill that one. The one with the phones. Turn the one with the phones off. That's the one I'm on right now. I'm just going to close everything on it. Okay, let's see, if, let's see if it's there now. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Is it there? Is it there? It's still Is there. It there. Huh. Still there. Okay. Oh, wait, wait. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's coming from this PC. No. No. This is interesting. You ran into this exactly the same way last time. Well, no, it was well, the one with the phone. The one people call in on the phone, if I remember correctly. <laughs> well, last time we had a mic problem. We had the wrong mic. Let me try this. Okay. Oh, we got one mic selected. Let's see.
Testing. Testing. You think you, you, think you got it this time? No. No, it only goes up to only goes up to three. That's the problem. <laughs> well, that's as high as I can count. Well, okay, that's no big deal. And I'm in Mississippi. Remember? No, that's right. That's no big deal. I'm not sure. <laughs> had had too many issues. Didn't know what to do with them. Zoom. This bugs me when stuff like it happens. You know, when I try to spell Mississippi, I actually have to sing that little song to, to get it right. Well, it's great on CW. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. What is it? M-I, crooked letter, crooked letter, I... Yeah, my cricket letter, cricket letter, I cricket letter, cricket letter, I hump back, hump back, I. There you go. Something like that. Uh, Glenn, you have plenty of water? Drinkable water? Yes, I do. Uh, I'm I'm north of all of that. All I got was a little bit of rain that made my grass grow. Good. They they got, you know, they're in bad shape down south. Yeah. Mm I want you guys to listen to Earl's audio, how perfect and clear and nice and excellent it sounds. Yeah, he's got no echo. Well, do no. I have echo? I don't have echo. I don't have <laughs> Only echo. when you turn the mixer up. I don't have Mine's it. running through this little mixing board back here. To the computer. Yeah. Well, that, that ain't little. That's oh, big. That's oh, oh, I bet you I know what it is. I bet you I know what it is. Yeah, I run I run my two radios through that and the microphone through that. And then I have third octave equalizers on the outside uh, for the HF radios and use them as notch filters. What's that, 16-channel? Oh, yeah, it's a 16-channel uh, with uh, some effects built in that I don't use. That's all I had, so I had to use it. <laughs> well, it's one of my sound production mixers, and since I use the digital mixer almost exclusively... This has been sitting in the case, and when I set up the shack, it made sense to plug it in since I didn't have anything else. Yeah. It's overkill, but it works well. Yeah, but it does sound good. Thank you. There's no problems with IRS getting into the program? Uh, no, actually not. Uh, right now I have the the way that I plug the mic in. See, the green screen won't make it show. But I have a separate yeah. plug that I plug into the um, Yezu uh, 950 to go directly in. So, so far it hadn't been a problem. And so I don't, far it hadn't, I played the audio back, and I'm not getting any um, RF back into this. Uh, I have everything grounded on a, a copper pipe bus back behind the desk. Oh, I had a 950 just before I got these rigs, and, oh, I dearly love the audio on that thing. I do, too. I have that in a 7300 and I uh, with an AB antenna switch. And I compare the two radios, and on the receive side, they are neck and neck. Well, you know. Transmit audio tuned quite as well. I have a Heil mic on the uh, 7300. So, you know, the reports I get is that the 7300 sounds better than the 950. But on the receive side, and I have a, a pan adapter in the 950. Yeah. So it's it really is neck and neck with the 7300. Yeah, the one I had, I'd put the uh, what is it, the IF space pan adapter in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, had the LP pan uh, receiver for it. 
it works really well, but it's not really transportable. And when I did yeah. road trip up to Maine for Fourth of July, I took the seventy three hundred with a infed wire that I built. It, it was great on Fourth of July in Bar Harbor, uh, working thirteen colonies, yeah. working thirteen. Did you did you drive up or did you fly up? Oh, we drove. Um, well, you went right through my town. Yeah, I did actually. In, uh, on, on ninety, on, uh, did you come up ninety five or four ninety five? Do you remember? Uh, neither. Uh, we came. We came the western route because we went around New York, but um, we actually stayed in. Um, where is it? Um, south of Boston, south and west of Boston, um, where the Patriot Stadium Stadium is, Foxborough. Foxborough. Yeah, we stayed in Foxborough for two days or two nights, three nights, and went into the city. Took the train into the city. Played tourists, but uh, we stopped at the Shenandoah Valley and. Virginia and work there. Oh, that that is work. You should take your radio there and do a poda. I did uh, down in the valley, and they, I could not raise anyone on that uh, infed halfway for love nor money at the camper. Oh. But uh, when I got to Bar Harbor, we were in the KOA Bar Harbor, and just by, right there by the bay, the back bay, and it was amazing what I could do with the same antenna, oh, close to the water. That ground plane and the water was just magic, I guess. But I yeah, was working bands okay I've never worked the, with before. We do okay across the pond to Europe. Interestingly enough, I had what a... What state you in, Glenn? What That's Earl. You? I'm in Mississippi. You're what about Glenn? I'm no, that's Tennessee. Earl. Earl, what state are you in? I'm in Tennessee. I'm just north of Chattanooga, a little town <clears> of <throat> Sadie Daisy on the Tennessee River. Okay. I'm just uh, wondering if, uh, uh, if, no, I don't need Tennessee for uh, a photo. Uh, <laughs> well, interestingly enough, when I was in Bar Harbor, uh, I Bar heard Harbor, a Tennessee uh, station heard, uh, calling CQDX, and he was so strong, I went back to him, and it turned out that it was a guy down here, uh, and had his, what was it, a six-element beam aimed at Europe right across the northeast. So, you know, it was like talking to him on the telephone next door. Well, I put on a, uh, I put on a powder every day from down here because i got to park just 10 minutes away from it. And uh, every, every day since April this year, I've worked uh, K7, um, K7CAR and KL7TC, uh, pack to pack, every day. Every day. That's great. Well, I had a lot of fun on the trip, and my grandson, who helped me build my <coughs> fan dipole at home, was there. So he was peeking over my shoulder and watching, and I need to get him on the air. Yeah. Yeah. He's 12. He's perfect yeah. age. Well, you want to know something, Mark? We had um, uh, an event up here called Ham, Ham Exposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the AWRL convention for the New England and Eastern New York district okay there was this little kid 11 years old w0mxx he's an extra class operator and he's only 11 years old hey you gotta start him early (laughs) wow that's 
I didn't get my extra until I was like 50. Uh, well, uh, let's 42 for me. Uh, but that was. <laughs> no, so look up SciTech. S C I T E C H. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a program for young kids that uh, Marty N1NC goes down there and it gets those kids going on DX on, you know, every band that they can get on. Right. Well, I want my kids, my two grandsons will be here this weekend. Um, their parents are taking a dozen girls to a cabin up in the mountains for Labor Day. So my grandsons will be here. And now that I know what the rules are for um, having guest operators, I'm going to see if I can get at least the youngest one on my station. Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've been reluctant to do that because I wasn't quite sure what the rules were, and I talked to somebody at, in Huntsville about that to make well, sure. Well, as long as you, as long as you were sitting right next to him, yeah, in control of the transmitter and whatever. I mean, he can use the push to talk. You, you might have to do the identification, but yeah. hey, the kid can talk all he wants. Good. That's great. I'm looking forward to it because he's he's wanted to do that, and I was reluctant because I wasn't quite sure what the rules were. Well, you know, you, then you got to look at third party, you know, going across the pond, yeah. you know, a, a foreign context. I mean, it, in the United States, it's one thing, you know, across the pond, you know, that's that's another thing. That's what you think. Well, my long wire is creeping down right now. The the rope is stretching in, in the pine tree, so uh, I probably can't get across the pond at the moment. So <clears throat> shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's like me, the... The ice storm last winter kind of took out my cobweb, and I got to get up and restring it. Ooh, yeah, I, I, I have one of those too, and I've had I've had some problems with that getting it just right. Well, you know, a friend of mine, Tommy. Well, you know him. Uh, you know, yeah, I know Tommy. He's got a he's got a hex beam we put up at his house. That's kind of like a cobweb, you know, similar design. A lot more wires. Uh, but of, but he ice stormed the ice. He said it broke his all up too. So yeah. Well, mine, mine is in the only spot in my yard that I can mount it, and it's underneath the pine trees. Yeah. And this ice storm drops some huge limbs, and it just sliced right through all the wires. Didn't hurt the the antenna itself; it just sliced the wires. Yeah. yeah. So you now know, I saw a portable um, hex beam at Huntsville that looked like it had a uh, caged dipole <clears> on one <throat> like did y'all see that? It was just right. No, I missed that Tom's one. Booth. It was just three or four up from Tom's booth on that outside aisle. No, I that, was, that. that was radio waves. What? What? What was the antenna? It, it looked like a uh, hex beam, like a small hex beam. But it yeah, was a, that'd be radio waves. It's yeah. a portable antenna. And when I was doing the walkabout recording, I I came up behind it and I saw the strange, just one side of it looked like a caged dipole. I thought that was really strange. Well, hey, Emmett does what he has to do to sell antennas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but, I mean, I still got my, my beam up in the air and everything, but the cobweb's the one I like to use for digital. Oh, really? Yeah, and it is, like I say, with me working on these books, it's literally I go to work, I come home, I work on the books. I've got a deadline on this next book of December, and then there's another book after that that is looks like it's going to be due in September of next year. Yeah. So I'm just like, 
I need to retire so I can get caught up on this stuff. Yeah, you believe that. Just go ahead and believe that. Yeah, that's that's what everybody's telling me, and I'm like, yeah, but I sure would like to. That's kind of like winning the lottery, not changing me. Yeah. Yep. 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 Give me the opportunity to prove you wrong. Well, <laughs> I retired a couple of years ago when I moved to Chattanooga, and I, I'm always busy. Always have something going on. And that's actually this weekend I'm doing a, a little Arduino um, seminar for the kids at the local library here. Good. Yeah, you know, so that's – and I, I've got to give kudos to the, the library program director there. Every summer she puts on a different program for these kids every day. You know, whether it's a field trip up to the airport and give them the behind-the-scenes tour of the airport or to the FBI office here in Memphis, she has got a interesting program for these kids every day of the summer. And mine was scheduled to be in June, and that's when I had COVID, so they rescheduled it to uh, a special event week that they're having this week. Yeah. But uh, the, the programs they do there, we did a a three-weekend class on having the kids build their own little Arduino-powered robotic carts. <laughs> so I, I love working with these folks. But, yeah, that's my this weekend. And then the weekend after, I think, is the uh, uh, the online QSO Today Expo. Oh, it is. Yeah. And I've got two presentations going on in that one. The old Arduino and the new Arduino. So both presentations are going to be at that expo. I'll see you online then. <laughs> are you just going to go? Or are you moderating or what? Uh, I'm just going to go. My schedule is such that I don't ever quite know exactly if I'm going to be available. Yeah, I, I work, know that feeling. I work at a church. So and we're, we're going through some changes. We got a new choir director and trying to get her up to speed and set up and we do video streaming as well as audio. Yeah. And then since we changed choir directors, we use Media Shout as a presentation package, and I've had to learn how to do that from the ground up. I put together that and then had a funeral last Sunday unexpectedly and keeps me busy. Yeah, I don't know if you heard, but I was able to stitch that video together, and we only lost, you know, 10 or 12 seconds. Good. I, I heard you mention that as is the... The real show was ending before we got to the show Show after the show. Yeah. yeah but, but, yeah, I got it spliced together, and you just have that one little brief glitch. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, when I got that thing home, I had to once. I'm glad that I pulled that data off that night. Really? Because as soon as I got back to the hotel, I transferred, I transferred it, off it off to my, to my laptop, laptop and to um, my Google Drive. Yeah. And the next day... <clears throat> All of the pictures that I had shot Friday at the Space Center were gone, and everything was gone by the time I got home. It was just corrupt. Wow. Well, right. the hey, said hey guys. That it was out of space. Let me, let me uh, say something here real quick. we got one minute until we're off on shortwave. Uh, everybody, uh, thanks for listening tonight on shortwave on WBCQ 7490. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us on our live uh, video show on Tuesdays. Just go to W5KUB.com and click on uh, video chat, and you can join us on Tuesdays. And we'll see you next week. All right. But, yeah, I mean, literally, if I had not saved it that night when I got home, it would have been gone. 
I've I reformatted formatted that SD card and it's fine, but I did not put that back in the phone. It's going somewhere else, and I bought a new SD card for the phone because, gosh, Good that was like five or six years old. Yeah. Well, they start to get flaky. When they go, they go fast. Well, I've I've heard that when the Android phones tend to get full mm-hmm. on the on the disk or whatever the memory that they start corrupting like that. Yeah. And we ran that sucker totally full. We did. We well, did. that's because we were recording on the internal memory, and it wasn't set to send anything to the SD card. SD card, SD whatever, card whatever, whatever, whatever. My echo is back. I'm still looking. You know, I upgraded just a couple weeks ago. I upgraded the Wirecast, uh, this big broadcast encoder. I think it's... Something in there, something new, and the new upgrade is causing. Well, you're you're going to find that you know it was yeah. just when you were trying to play the video. <laughs> well, and you had this problem before, and I you turned found that it. computer. That computer is completely turned off over there, and I still get echo. Yeah, so it's not that computer. It's, it's not coming out. Of, it's not. It's you know. It's not that computer is receiving the. the the video and you were hearing the audio back. That computer's turned no, off. No, but you you've got another loop somewhere that you don't remember what it is because you've got too many computers. It's, a, it's an audio loop somewhere, uh, definitely. It's not a video loop. Uh, let's see. I think and you'll it's remember probably, it as soon as you turn the show off. I think it's got something to do with this upgrade of Wirecast. We'll have to recheck your routing, your yeah. audio routing. I'll have to. Yeah. Well, yeah, the thing about that, it's just really, it's just really messed up. I got a bunch of ins hooked to outs, a bunch of outs hooked to ins, and a bunch of combiners and a bunch of splitters, yeah. and then a bunch of compressors and a bunch of equalizers, and then wireless, and then you know into the into the mixer, which does a lot of stuff. I don't even know what it does. So all that's going on right now. So and, and you know, and then all that's hooked between four different computers. Oh yeah, it wasn't doing this. <coughs> it wasn't doing this um, before I upgraded. I think it's got something to do with with Wirecast. Well, I'll tell you that at uh, Huntsville this year, this version of Wirecast, from what I saw looking over your shoulder, seemed to be a lot easier to use and a lot more capable than the version you had last year. It's about the same, actually. Really? Yeah, it's you know it's. But they, they've made a lot of changes that you you got to know about. If you don't know about them, you, you don't find them. I mean, right now, this thing, for the last year, it's supposed to be showing me how many viewers we have on uh, uh, YouTube. I can't find that number anywhere on here. Uh, on, the, on the older one, it used to be it used to be on the screen, but I don't see it now. I might have to go look, look at their new documentation to see where it is. And then under preferences, I've got it checked, show YouTube user number yeah but i don't sit anywhere all right guys hey it's getting late i'm gonna go ahead and get off here uh enjoy everybody being with us tonight yeah it's peanut butter sandwich time yeah yeah 73 to everybody good night everybody in the chat room and uh we'll see you next week and maybe we'll have this echo thing run down by next week i'm sure we will uh good afternoon guys 73 is from new zealand yeah, yeah, hey, thank you, really. Thanks, man. 73, y'all. 73 yeah. from Naughty Daisy. Right. Good night, folks.